longtime lurker and reader, finally decided to share my own creepy encounter. From mid to late 2018, I worked at a grocery store slash deli. And I worked in the deli slash bakery area. Towards the end of the year, I had just gotten out of a two-year relationship. It hit me pretty hard, so I was in a funk because of it. We had just hired a new employee in the deli, who we'll call John. I was scheduled on his first day, so I was one of the employees who trained him. John seemed nice enough, and he caught on quickly, which was great. Fast forward to our next shift, I was pretty close with another coworker. We'll call her Jane. Jane knew what had been going on with my breakup and would check on me often, and John overheard this interaction. He came up to me on my break and apologized for what I was going through, and just generally being sweet about the whole thing. I appreciated it, so I thanked him. I didn't think at this time he was trying to be weird, but if I knew then what I know now... I wouldn't have entertained it in the slightest. After our next shift together, it was raining pretty heavy. A rainy day in mid-November where I live is typically pretty cold. At the time, John didn't have a car, but he was within walking distance, about 10 minutes, of work. Side note, my fatal flaw back then was that I was way too nice to people. I offered him a ride since it was pouring rain and freezing. The ride home was fine. He thanked me, and he told me that he would see me tomorrow. This is where the crap starts to hit the fan. John began flirting with me, making sexual jokes, and would do that thing where he would grab my hips and rub his junk up against me to get past me often in front of customers. He also got my number from my boss, and his claim for needing it was, she's the only one who can cover my shift on X day. He would text me constantly and proclaim his love for me, and tell me that he would treat me better than my ex did. We would usually have three people working the deli, and on shifts with John when our third would go on break, he would take that as an opportunity to harass me more. At the time, I was very soft-spoken, and scared out of my mind to speak up about it or stand up for myself. I ended up putting in my two weeks, but not before sending him a text along the lines of, Screw you, you're gross, lose my number and never talk to me again. He texted me back apologizing, and invited me over as he wanted to talk to me face-to-face -to, -face to make up for it. As I said, my fatal flaw back then was that I was way too nice to people. In my head, I thought that I must have gotten through to him. I mentioned it to my friend, who we'll call Eve, and Eve was very adamant that I tell him no and to leave it alone. Unfortunately... I chose not to listen to her advice. Instead, I told him that I appreciated the apology and that I would come talk to him. But 
I was going to bring Eve with me, as I didn't trust being alone with him at his house. He agreed. Eve was very reluctant, but insisted that I bring her along if I absolutely had to go, just in case. We drove to John's house, and when we arrived, he didn't come out. I remember texting him a few question marks, and after getting no reply, I turned around and left. He then texted me, apologizing, saying to come back and talk to him in his car. Against Eve's judgment, I turned around. I pulled back into his driveway, and I got an instant feeling of dread. Something absolutely did not feel right. I threw my car in reverse, but before I got the chance to move, his dad and two of his brothers hopped out of the car and surrounded mine. They began pounding on my windows, trying to open my doors, and they stood behind my car so I couldn't leave. Even I are obviously scared out of our minds at this point. I got a surge of adrenaline and I didn't care who was behind me. I floored it out of the driveway, nobody was hit, and I sped off. I pulled into the parking lot of my work to collect myself, and I pulled my phone out to block his number. I then noticed a car speed into the parking lot of my work, and they tried to surround me again. I don't know how I managed to get us out of there, but I did. I then began getting calls from random numbers, I assume his dad and brothers, and they began threatening to kill me and saying that they were armed and planned on shooting my tires. They followed us for quite some time, and Eve called the police. We were instructed to pull into a nearby gas station where an officer was already waiting. I did make a report, but they told me that... Ultimately, there was nothing that I could do or that could be done. I did end up reporting this to my manager, who told me that they couldn't do anything either, as it happened off company property, which is only half true. I didn't stay for my full final two weeks. John continued to harass me anonymously for months after this, and law enforcement refused to help me. Their excuse was that, Nothing could be done unless he acted on his threats. Whenever I would visit the area, he would somehow always find me and follow me until I would get onto the highway. I will admit, it's mostly my fault for being so trusting and thinking that John actually wanted to speak with me, and be civil. And I should have listened to Eve from the get-go. It isn't my fault for being sexually harassed, but I shouldn't have been so trusting because I could have avoided a majority of this problem. It's been nearly two years since this happened, and I have not heard from nor seen John again. And I hope it stays that way. I'm a big fan of tea and cookies. And the convenience store near my house, a four to five minute walk, sells them. So, on the way back home from my other stuff that we were doing, I asked my mom to stop there so I can buy some. I'm a regular at the store, and by that, I mean I go there almost every day since 2017, and I had never seen this man before. 
I just walk past him, but he stops me and points to the entrance to the store, asking if that's the entrance. I tell him yes, and keep walking towards it, but he keeps walking beside me and says something in another language. I thought it was Romanian since I kind of recognized some of the words in that language. I'm a native speaker, but he told me it was Bulgarian. At this point, I'm already a bit creeped out by him because I'm generally scared of anyone, but in that moment, I just thought he needed help translating. We're in Italy, so I was trying to calm myself down. As soon as we entered the store, he grabs my arm and pulls me closer to him, and I'm just screaming inside of my head, but I keep calm. I power walk inside and I try to get rid of him, and when he asks me a question about bread, I just kind of try to understand what he said since I'm still thinking he needs help, but at the same time, I'm scared and I just want to go back home. I try to lose him again through the aisles of the store, but he keeps following me and I was scared of asking people to help me, because like I said, I'm generally scared of everyone. He then grabs me again and starts touching my face, saying, Beautiful, very beautiful, young, in Italian. And then he tries to take my mask off to take a better look, but I just start running for my life at that point, get my cookies, and I go home. I told my mom about it, and she said that I should have told her earlier, so we could have confronted him, but honestly... I just wanted to go home. Tomorrow, I'm bringing something to make me feel more secure with me, and I'll go back there to tell whoever works there to keep an eye out for this guy, since I don't want this to happen to anyone else. You may think some of the things I did were dumb, and I completely agree with you, but I was very scared, and I barely even look at strangers, so this was a completely new experience to me. Edit fixed grammar, and the fact that a pandemic is going on and he didn't wear a mask and came very close to me makes me feel very uneasy. Update. I went to the store again and told a cashier what happened to me. I described the guy and she was very understanding. Apparently, this isn't the first incident. Either there are two creeps that operate near this store, or this guy has harassed someone in the past. The cashier will talk to the manager about this, and I will from now on be very careful when I go shopping there. She also told me what she thinks could have happened last night. She also saw a suspicious guy, around 45 to 50 years old, around there. He just was kind of hiding in that thing where carts are kept. I also saw him, but I just thought he was smoking or something. She told me that... Since I power walked toward the door, I came into view of a camera, so he followed me inside to see if I was just buying something and leaving fast, so he could finish what he wanted to start, and that the smoking guy was a friend of his. This theory scared the hell out of me, like, either way, I want to make something clear, when he followed me inside, I was scared, but still logical. I knew what I had to do if he tried something more. He would have gotten reflex kicked in the crotch, most definitely. Also, 
Thank you all for the suggestions in the comments. I will follow your advice and carry something to defend myself. And next time, I will just scream and make a scene, no matter what. So, I feel this story belongs here on Creepy Encounters. Because I don't know if he was just mentally disturbed and kidding, or if he was actually malicious and failed. I was maybe 16 years old, and I was kind of a rebellious kid. I joined Tinder to meet some older guys, and I matched with this really attractive 20-year-old that seemed really into me. Naive, I know. Anyways... He asked to pick me up from school the following day to get ice cream and walk around a nearby lake. I said yes. He picked me up and we had great conversation. Nothing weird, and it seemed like we really enjoyed each other's company. When we got to the lake, no one was there because it was the middle of October and cold on the water. We walked about halfway around the lake and that's when it got weird. He started talking to me about crime documentaries, and how he had studied them, and how he knew how to kill someone without getting caught. He started making tracks in the mud, and said that he would want to wear two big shoes, so the police couldn't match him on shoe size. He picked up his shoe to show me a size ten and a half, and then informed me that he wore an eight. I got uneasy. He was strolling around me while I was sitting on a bench, like I was prey. He went to one of those dog baggy dispensaries and pulled one off. He sheathed it up to his elbow and started swatting it in my face. I thought he might be trying to gross me out, so I was half giggling and swatting it away. On one of the swats, he grabbed my forearm and pulled me in and put the bag over my head. Still, I thought he might be kidding. But as I tried to get away, I noticed that he wasn't letting up. I was starting to panic at this point, realizing I wasn't getting any air, and he picked me up in a sort of a headlock position. I was kicking and trying to elbow him, and I guess one of those elbows connected to his groin and we both fell to the ground. He laughed and said, You've got more fight in you than I thought you did. <laughs> I was just going to make you pass out, but I didn't even get that far. I'm proud of you. All of my stuff, my phone, my taser, etc., they were in his car on the other side of the lake. So, I decided to play along and pretend it was funny. I told him that I needed my inhaler now and to walk me back. He did, surprisingly. I got in his car and I grabbed my taser and phone out. While he walked around the back of the car to his driver's side, I texted my mom SOS and to track my location. When I looked up from my phone, I noticed the guy had pulled out a pocket knife. He slowly laid the tip into my chest, just enough for it to almost pierce the skin. He just blankly stared at me, and this went on for almost 30 seconds. I don't know why, but I said, you're not going to do it. This seemed to snap him out of it, and he paused and then hysterically laughed. Between laughs, he got out, <laughs> That's the second time I could have killed you today. 
the whole drive home, he proceeded to tell me about how he would have raped and mutilated my body if I had accidentally died that day. I got home, and I bolted out of his car. As soon as I did, he sped off. I got a crotch pick later that night, and then he blocked me. I looked him up, and it turns out he was actually 27 years old, and had a criminal record for domestic violence. That's all I could get of him, though. I reported it to the police, but nothing came of it, though. Probably because I wasn't willing to tell my parents what happened. Either way, worst encounter of my life. This happened several years ago, when I was a teacher, and probably had too much time on my hands over the summer months. Even though I lived in San Francisco, my immediate neighborhood was industrial and a little desolate, so I was actually excited to see a barbershop suddenly appear directly across the alley from my apartment. The sign out front read, The Aristocrat. I happened to need a haircut at the time, so each day that the closed sign remained in the window, I experienced a mild wave of annoyance. I had romanticized this place kind of obsessively, somehow certain that it would announce a fun, hipster vibe where shots of whiskey were poured surreptitiously, and I wandered in on the ground floor. I even peered into the shop from my living room window with a pair of binoculars a few times to see if I could tell what was taking so long. I know, but that's not the creepy part. Finally, as I was just about to give up hope, I arrived home with an ice cream cone in hand and noticed that the barbershop door was propped wide open. I popped my head in and saw about five guys huddled together, three who appeared to be barbers and maybe a manager and the owner. The stations seemed ready for business. It was a great-looking barbershop. Are you guys open? One of the barbers turned around and gave me a blank stare. There was a long and awkward silence. Haircuts are $68. Now, this was a few years ahead of the dot-com boom, and $68 was an outrageous price for a barbershop haircut. I figured this guy had sized up my public school teacher's garb and assumed I was too poor to be a valued customer. He was right, but it just so happened that I had the $68. <laughs> no problem, I said. The guy turned to his crew and they all appeared to be talking at the same time, softly, urgently, and for way too long. Finally, the first guy, still unsmiling, told me that they were all booked up. Mind you, there was not a single customer in the place, and the alley where I lived had very little foot traffic. Perversely undeterred, I asked when their next opening was. This time he did not hesitate. January, he shot back, and they all looked at me as if daring me to address this obvious lie. I don't remember exactly how I responded, but I felt an acute sense of dread, as if I'd seen something I was not intended to see. I waved and mumbled something about how I really couldn't wait six months. 
maybe next time. I didn't walk across the alley to my apartment because I didn't want them to know that I lived there, and when I finally did return home, I kept my shades drawn. I never saw anyone in that barbershop after that afternoon. It remained empty until I left for a week in Mexico. When I returned, all the signs and fixtures had been removed. Soon after, it became a sushi shop that, ironically, was exactly the kind of neighborhood meeting place that I had hoped for. I've considered dozens of explanations for what has happened in that alleyway. FBI sting, mob activity, movie set, but none really makes sense in such a nondescript part of the city. I think about these events way too often, and while I have no proof, I remain convinced that I stumbled onto something dangerously creepy that summer. When I was in 7th grade, so probably 13-ish, something was going on with our house phone. If you were talking on the phone, you could hear someone else having a conversation on their phone. It usually sounded a little distant. I would talk to my best friend, we'll call her E, for hours on the phone. We first started hearing someone make uh, like a groaning noise, like a deep voice going... Or something. We ignored it at first. Some days it was there, some days it wasn't. After a while, we were like, okay, what the heck is that? E jokingly said, let's call it Jerry. I knew my house phone was crossing lines with another phone, but for some reason, I didn't think much of it. I don't know why, stupid young teenager, I guess. <laughs> But after a while, that deep groaning voice started talking to us while we would be on the phone. He would just casually join in on the conversation. We thought it was kind of funny at first. He would respond to the name Jerry, and when we ask, How'd you know we're calling you, Jerry? His response was, Because I heard you say, let's call it Jerry. I specifically remember telling Jerry that we were kids. 13 years old. But still, as more conversations went on, he would ask stuff like, what color underwear we were wearing? E would flirt back, but I was extremely uncomfortable with this. He would tell us how big he was, and again, E would flirt back with him. I don't know, I guess she enjoyed the attention? I stopped calling E to have long conversations. If I called... I would just keep it short, only to ask if she wanted to hang out or whatever. I never told my parents about what the guy on the phone would say to us. Eventually, my mom did call the phone company to get the crossed line issue fixed. As far as I know, my parents only heard the distant conversations, and had no idea that this weirdo would purposely listen unto our conversations. In hindsight, I definitely should have told them. After it was resolved, and my mom told me that our line was crossed with the neighbor who lived across the street diagonally from us. I wanted to throw up. I had no idea it was someone who could see my house. I don't know who I expected it to be, but the fact that it was my neighbor who lived so close 
gave me the heebie-jeebies. I don't know the guy's name. I never met him. I would only see him outside mowing his lawn and stuff like that. I prayed that he didn't know that I was one of the kids that he would talk to. I don't think he ever knew it was me. If we both happened to be outside, he never looked over towards me or our house or anything. He seemed to mind his own business doing whatever it is that he was outside to do. But still, I hated seeing him, because I was kind of scared. <laughs> Luckily, he moved out of that house maybe six months to a year later. Hi all. At first, I must apologize for my English level. I'm not a native speaker, and I hope that my mistakes will not make your eyes hurt. A couple of years ago, this encounter happened when I used to ride a bike quite often in the warm evenings. I live in a big city, around three million citizens, and in the city center, so I usually took busy routes. Sometimes my trips were spontaneous, and it would already be getting dark outside. It was one of those days when this story happened. I forgot to mention that I'm a short, young woman. I'm always ready to kick someone's ass, but let's be honest, I would lose. So, I was riding my bike, chilling, having the time of my life. I decided to ride into the middle of a vast park. It's a forest in the central part of the city. After a couple moments, my front light died. I think well, that's okay, because there's no problem with the lights in the park. But I was wrong. At one point, it got dark. I wanted to ride a bit more and get back. Also, there were a lot of people around, so I was like, yeah, dark, whatever. And then he happened. I noticed that someone was riding just behind me, of course with their lights turned on. At first, I thought that this was just a coincidence, but after a couple of moments, he started to talk with me and said that he was lighting my way because there was a bumpy area so that I could be safe. I just said thank you, and he left. After around ten minutes, I see the light in front of me when I've passed it. I saw that it was the same guy. He said, Hello, and that was it. He was standing there, and I kept riding. Finally, I decided to get back and leave the park. On my way back, who do I see? Uh, that guy. And he's standing at the same place, just waiting. And when he saw that I'm heading forward and not planning to stop, he started to follow me and tried to start a conversation about relationships. He asked me if I was dating someone, said maybe I would like to talk to him somewhere else, etc. I asked him to get away from me. I told him that I'm not interested in any contact, and I tried to ride faster. He was still following me. I was nervous. I decided to ride as fast as I could, and then hide into the bushes. So I get to the bushes, I hid there, and I started to wait for him to pass by. What I saw scared me way too much. He was searching for me. I was so terrified that I took my bike in my hands and ran on giant stairs to cut the route. 
I saw him riding around those stairs after, but he couldn't see me there. I went home as fast as I could. So, one out of ten, would not recommend. Always keep your lights charged, my friends. I'm Latina, and this happened to me a couple of years ago when I moved to Germany. I was looking for jobs on eBay Kleinenzeigen, and I came across an offer that seemed too good to be true, where they were paying 15 per hour to clean a house. I contacted the person, and he was a man around his 30s, very big and muscular. He asked for my WhatsApp, and started writing me a lot and sending me voice notes asking what I was doing in Germany and about myself. I was in class, so I couldn't answer him right away, but he would keep asking me why I wasn't answering. That was a bit weird, but I thought he just wanted to know a little bit about me, so maybe he could trust me with his house. And even though that was a huge red flag, I really needed the job. So we made an appointment to meet, and I went to his house. He showed me the house and told me what he expected me to clean. The way he acted was very strange. At one point, he asked me if I was afraid and told me not to worry because he could not kill me there because his neighbors might hear everything as a kind of joke. He offered me something to drink and we sat down in the living room to talk for a bit. He insisted a lot that I could take a bath in his shower after cleaning the house if I felt dirty. He also said that it didn't work with the last girl who cleaned for him because she started insinuating herself to him. I was afraid and quickly sent my boyfriend my location. When this guy saw me writing, he asked me if I was in a hurry and I said yes because my boyfriend was waiting for me at home with lunch. When I left, I noticed that there were chains and handcuffs in his room, displayed in a way where I could easily see them. When I was at the door, this man took my necklace and stayed watching it for some seconds that I felt were forever. He told me that it was a cute necklace and that his ex-girlfriend had a similar one. I was very scared and left almost running, but I kept telling myself nothing can happen to me because... I'm in Germany. I wrote to the guy and thanked him for the offer, but that I had another job and was not interested. He replied at first that I shouldn't let myself get used and paid badly by other people, and that he would give me a good job. Then, he started to insult me, and after blocking him, he found me on Facebook where he kept insulting me and asked me why I didn't show up for my first day of work and that he had waited for me for two hours, I still wonder if I should have let the police know. But this guy told me that he was a cop himself, so I don't know. So that, my friends, was a Creepy Encounters video. Hopefully... You all enjoyed and can learn something from these encounters, as always is the intent and desire of these videos. 
Thank you to all of the Redditors who let me read their videos. It is always appreciated, and I hope you're all doing well. And thank you to everyone who listened to this point. If you listened to this point, I'm going to assume you kind of care about what I say. What is wrong with you? Why are you still listening to me? Don't listen to me. I'm an idiot. I'm not an idiot, but whatever. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this, and if you did, hit that subscribe button, the bell icon next to it, that thumbs up button. Let me know you liked the video. You can also leave me a comment saying you liked the video as well, and which story was your favorite. You can also support me by following me on any of my social media platforms, or joining the channel memberships, or supporting on Patreon. All members and patrons get early access to my content, plus extra goodies. Patrons especially get extra stuff. So, consider it if you want. If not, totally cool. It's optional. I just want you to know I appreciate it if you do. And if you don't, again, totally okay. Regardless, I love you all. I love every single one of you. And I hope you have a beautiful day out there. And I hope I will see you on the next video, which will be Friday. Because this is the second video of my new schedule. Hopefully the new schedule isn't disappointing you. I'm sorry, it's no longer nightly, but I need some time to do other things. It's irrelevant. I love you guys. See you on the next video. But until then, sleep well.